You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey. We are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? You got that right, bro. Next stop, the Trend Zone. It's Wednesday, December 6th, and we're coming at you from Los Angeles, California. And it is a actually slightly chilly 61 degrees here in Santa Monica. Frigid. Frigid cold. <laughs> it was a little warm when I got in here and stuff. You had to open the sliding glass door. Uh, the sun is setting on the horizon out there. It's quite nice, actually. Casey, Beautiful. before we get things going, let's talk about what's happening in today's episode. We'll talk about Pro, Go- Pro Bowl games voting, the return of a star player, is it in time? And some teams can punch their ticket to the postseason. And, of course, we'll talk about all of the awesome games upcoming this week in the NFL. But before we get to all that, let's get started with a tasty nug for the people. What you got, Casey? Uh, last week, Dave, in week 13, you know, not all the games were close. Only 10 out of 11. That's <laughs> over 90%. They were all within one score. That's eight points in the fourth quarter. Nine of those games ended up being decided by that single score. It is beautiful. And Dave, this season, 71% of all the games have been within a score in the fourth quarter. Nice. It is beautiful. That is why we watch it. Like a toyger every single week. All right. The Trend Zone now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Blueberry Podcasting, wherever you get your podcasts. Casey, moving along to the top trending stories. Uh, We'll get it started with the Pro Bowl games voting. There will be no game, actually, but we will have games surrounding the Pro Bowl. What do we got? Yeah, uh, Miami quarterback Tua, he's the leading vote getter so far into the, the Pro Bowl selection there, followed by rookie quarterback for the Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud. Wow. And uh, running backs, uh, Christian McCaffrey leads those wide receivers, Tyreek the Freak, tight end, Travis Kelsey, of course. Niners lead all clubs in total votes received, followed by the Finns, the Boys, the Ravens, and the Eagles. Dude, I actually, speaking of Tua, I got the first episode in uh, the end season hard knocks. Oh, totally worth watching. Mike McDaniel is a freak. I know. He's hysterical to watch. Tua's really cool. I recommend it if you haven't gotten there carve out a little time i know it's difficult uh even if you have to get up an hour before work is it on the max in. casey it is on the max okay all righty you know one thing i'm, I'm kind of like interested in regarding this pro bowl reformation is how how when the game was sort of fizzling out and guys just were saying yeah i don't think i want to go this year and we were going down and down and down and one more quarterback not another quarterback doesn't want to go no no we got down to like the fifth, sixth, seventh best quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now I'm assuming we're just getting the top couple of quarterbacks like we used to back in the day. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out now that the game's gone and people don't have to sit it out. They might be more inclined to uh, get a little vacay on the NFL's, uh, you know, their buck, as well as make some cool cash for, you know, whatever yeah. conference wins that flag football game. Pretty compelling. I know I'll watch it, but I'm a sicko. So 
Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to I'll, gauge the interest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will definitely set my recorder to collect it. And then we'll see where it goes from there. <laughs> All right, moving along, Casey. Uh, unfortunately, uh, one of the top head coaches in the league sat a little hiccup in his health. Yeah. Uh, the word today, Mike McCarthy thought he had a little tummy ache. Turns out it was acute appendicitis. So they jammed him on down to the hospital. He's going to get that thing doctored up. And as of now, he's supposed to still coach on Sunday. Crazy. Nice. Yeah. Hey, it's a better procedure than it was when I had it back about 30-something years ago. I'll tell you, they had to slice me wide open and staple me back up. Took that rotten, stinking appendix out of there. What but does I, that I thing guess, even do? What's it do? <laughs> that thing gets infected <laughs> and then removed. All right, Case. Speaking of uh, people uh, that are hopefully back for this weekend's action, there's another guy who's a big star, and a lot of people are excited that he's on his way back. Yeah, Jetta, Justin Jefferson, he is slated to return and is expected to play against the Raiders on Sunday. That's good for Bob Dean and contingency heading out to Vegas to watch that game. And you mentioned, is it going to be in time? We don't know. They're still creeping right there at that wild card spot. I don't know if the league is caught up to Joshua Dobbs. I know if they have, adding Justin Jefferson into the mix will probably improve his play just a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. And the Minnesota is currently in. Uh, they win the the four pack of six six teams, six and six teams to get the um, fifth seed or sixth seed there. Uh, their um, their divisional record is two and one, so there's a lot of division yeah. still in front of them. And conference wise, good news, they're six and three. So as far as um, tiebreakers go, and it's a logjam. Uh, they're in pretty good shape at this point as long as they can uh, string together some more wins here to finish out the season. And obviously Justin Jefferson back in the mix, obviously nothing but good things there. Yeah. And I think they have two of their last three games against the lions, but Ooh, the Packers right. and the Rams are trying to sneak up in there, yeah. baby. It's going to get, it's going to get interesting. It is going to get very interesting. Okay. Okay. Casey, there are some playoff uh, clinching scenarios this weekend without getting into too much detail. Can you give us some, uh, some idea who's who, who can punch their ticket? Yeah. Shock, not shocking. I guess Dallas, Philly, and San Fran can all clinch spots on Sunday, but they need help besides just winning the game. So we're not going to get into all that crazy talk right now, but those guys are on the precipice of punching that ticket, baby. And you just got to be in, just get in the tournament. Yeah, that's what it's a boot, Dave. That is it, man. Get into the tourney. All right, case NFL unveils its 2023 nominees for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. Sounds pretty prestigious. Yeah, this is one of the most coveted awards that NFL players can get, and it's the one they all want. It's given out to the person doing the most in their community. Great dudes on all 32 teams, obviously, yeah. to get nominated there. My man, Deck Prescott, is the reigning uh, winner there. Hopefully he can, uh, you know, top that with a, a Super Bowl MVP this Ooh, season. Nice. We'll see. <laughs> Hope reigns a little live, baby. Come on. <laughs> How about them, Cowboys? <laughs> okay. All right, Casey, here it is. Now's the time they've all been waiting for. It is the game previews. We are heading into the action here. It is week 14 in the NFL. Wait, what'd you say? Week 14 coming up. Week 14. 
Yes, sir. Week 14. It's slipping away. <laughs> There's four little yeah. piggies left after this oh weekend, Dave. Oh, my God. It's flying by, isn't it? <sighs> the entire season's slipping away. It's crazy. Oh, my God. But, Casey, get us started, please. Get us into the action. It's Thursday night football. Kicking this thing off this week. Mmm, delicious. Maybe <laughs> <not>. perhaps <laughs> the New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are six-point favorites in this game. Dave, the over/under is set at thirty points. Okay, <laughs> that is the lowest. <laughs> yeah, since nineteen ninety-three, and I'm not even sure we get there. Yes. Well, I appreciate the research. I didn't do the research on the Pats record, but the Pats are having. One of their worst seasons in a long, long time entering this game with a record of two and ten after losing six to nothing at home in a downpour to the Chargers last week. That record would give them the second pick in the draft if it started today. And QB would be an obvious need at this point. The Pats are also out Ramondre Stevenson this game and have a couple of banged up wide receivers too up on the schedule. Just so we know, it's Pittsburgh, of course, here, then it's Kansas City at Denver, at Buffalo, and the Jets. They got a good chance of running the table in reverse, as we say. <laughs> oh, uh, I was like, what is Dave those, talking about? <laughs> dropping all those games, and who knows where their uh, draft pick will be. It may end up, obviously, in the top five. It's certainly heading that way. Ugh. All right, it's the seven and five Steelers on the other side. Currently, the five seed coming off a 24-10 to 10 loss to the Cardinals. The firing of Matt Canada seemed to initially spark the offense in the previous win over the Bengals, but they still only scored 16 points. Uh, last week, they could only muster 10 and lost Kenny Pickett to an ankle injury. He'll be out several weeks after having surgery. Here's the quote from Trubisky that I extracted. Sure, maybe I pulled it out of context. It is simply this. We're trying to score points. <laughs> There's <they>? Trubisky. <laughs> There's Trubisky. Okay, well, he could have fooled a lot of us football fans. The team has yet to reach 30 points in a single game this season and has finished with less than 20 points seven times. Um, but the defense continues to strive, thrive in points given up, ranking sixth at under 19 points a game, and they have 20 takeaways and a plus 10 turnover differential. So there's the key to their success. They shouldn't need too many points, good news, to beat the Patriots this weekend because the Patriots aren't putting up very many points. Yeah, dude, and I know Troops has played a little bit early in the year. I don't know if Mason uh, Rudolph got in there, but we got to be close to 70 quarterbacks on the season so far. I mean, it's it insane. is ridiculous, dude. Mm -hmm. It's out of control, no question. All right, up next, Casey, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons at home favored by two and a half. Yeah, and these Falcons winners at two in a row. Desmond Ritter with his first road touchdown pass on U.S. soil, Dave. <laughs> Bijan's leading all rookies in rush yards, 756, second in scrimmage yards at 1,022. And Bijan and Tyler Algier are a very strong one-two punch. Yeah. And now they're trying to work a little Cordero Patterson back into the mix. So that creates a new dynamic um, with that running game. But this team is led by their defense. Dave, you ready for me to blow your mind, bro? Okay. Prepare. The Falcons defense hasn't given up a touchdown since week 10 to the Cardinals. That's Nine insane. quarters to be exact. Now, granted, for those quarters were against the Jets, but still. Okay. <laughs> Jesse Bates, a career high fifth interception of the season. These linebackers, dude, Landman, Ellis, and Bud Dupree are balling. Last week, Bud Dupree, seven tackles, two sacks, and a forced fumble. 
a win would give these Falcons the season sweep of the Bucks. Then it's at the Panthers hosting the Colts and at the Bears before a week 18 at the Saints. That game could be for the NFC South or not matter at all. These dirty birds control their own destiny. Nice. Crazy. Yeah, well, let's talk Bucks here. The Bucks defeated the Panthers last week to bring their record to five and seven, tied for second with just New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans just a game back of Atlanta is where they sit right now. Uh, and, and that is, of course, in the NFC South, where it is a three-team race basically at this point. Tampa Bay lost to Atlanta in week seven, so a win here would go a long way for their chances of making the playoffs. A loss would be devastating as the wildcard route is pretty crowded with lots of teams. Um, and they're currently the 10 seed. So they're yeah. pretty far back. They really need this one. Baker Mayfield passed for 275 and a touchdown and a pick in the week seven meeting of, of these two teams. Uh, last week, Rashad White, um, 106 scrimmage yards in a TD. On the season, Mike Evans has 61 catches and over 1,000 yards. Godwin got in the action finally last week uh, with his second career touchdown uh, rushing the football. Defensively, Tampa Bay isn't isn't the great defense that they were, but they are good at stopping the run. Pretty ha- handy in this uh, particular matchup, mm-hmm. ranking 10th at under 100 yards per game. And they're also tied for 10 in points at just over 20 points a game. So the defense is obviously going to have to step up to the challenge in this game to stop that running game uh, of the Falcons, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's a big game, man. We shall see what happens. Like I said last week, I can't pick the Falcons, so... Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going to happen in this. Falcon one. fan <laughs> wants you to pick against them. I'm yeah, there's like, go with the Bucks. <laughs> All right, Dave, up next, we have the Los Angeles Rams at the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens are seven and a half point favorites. But these Rammies are getting hot at the right time, dude. That is correct, sir. The Rams have won three straight, handling the Browns 36 to 19. And at six and six, they're currently the eighth seed, losing the tiebreaker to two wildcard teams, getting quarterback Matthew Stafford has been the key to their resurgence. Last week, Stafford passed for 279 and three TDs, no picks. Wide receiver Cooper Cup had his second receiving touchdown of the season. We'll see about his health, the health of these receivers in particular. Puka Nakua had six touches for 139 yards and a touchdown, but he did get hurt, uh, and he played through that pain. So we'll see if he's going to be good to go. I'm imagining he will make a make an appearance here. Kyron Williams had 112 yards from scrimmage and touchdown uh, last week. And Stafford and the Rams offense, they will have their hands full with a really good Baltimore defense, which is very good against the pass. And on defense, uh, very stingy at giving up points. So uh, on defense, the Rams have to stop that top rushing offense in the league that the Ravens are bringing to this table. Yeah, these and the Ravens are coming off their bye, which came at a great time for them. They were really banged up. As you mentioned, this is the number one rushing team in the NFL at almost 160 per game. So it's obvious that that is in part due to Mr. Lamar Jackson. He leads QBs with 574 rush yards. He's the first QB ever with 500 plus rush yards in each of his first six seasons. The downside to all that running is Lamar has fumbled 11 times this season. He's only lost six of them, but that is second most in the NFL. That's not where you want to be towards the top. Nope. Also, getting major contributions from rookies Keaton Mitchell and Zay Flowers. So this Monken offense is kind of coming together. You mentioned this tough defense, one of the NFL's best. Lead in the league in defensive scoring, giving up just 15.6 per game. I got a big buck coming, Dave. Uh-oh. 
But the Ravens have allowed 174 points this season. Nearly half, 83, have been scored in the fourth quarter or overtime. Yeah. They're fading late in these games. Yeah. Although, plug ears real quick, Dave, against the Chargers, they only allowed mm-hmm. one touchdown and got three stops in the fourth quarter. Yep. So they hope that that's a new trend for this defense, especially on the other side of the bye. Currently, the Ravens are the two seed in the AFC, but they have a pretty brutal schedule down the stretch at the Jaguars, at the 49ers, hosting the Dolphins, and then hosting the Steelers. That's going to put these Ravens in playoff mode for the last month of the season. But do not fret. Lamar is 18-1 and with a 98.1 uh, passer rating in 19 career starts against the NFC. Impressive, dude. Well, this is going to be a good one. The Rams are smoking hot, and obviously, this this Ravens team is one of the best teams in the AFC. So, fascinating matchup. Yep. All right. Up next is the Detroit Lions on the road at Chicago to pay the Bears, and the Lions Lion- on the road favored by just three and a half. Yeah, the Lions had bounced back, but barely last week. They watched a twenty-one nothing lead turn into a twenty-four twenty-one lead before pulling away late. But they haven't won a game by more than five points since October. Mm. Why they are winning is because a rookie tight end, Sam Laporta, the fourth Ooh. rookie tight end ever with nine catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown in a single game. He's fourth among tight ends with 64 catches and is tied for the lead league in touchdowns for a tight end with six, tied with Mark Andrews. Andrews is done for the rest of the year, most likely, so he's probably going to have that record all by himself. Now, normally the Bears would like to play spoiler, but they currently have the first and fifth pick in the 2024 draft. Theirs being the fifth. So they're not rushing out there trying to win any ball games. Also, yeah. talks of Eric Bieniemy as the next head coach floating around out there. So their biggest decision is what to do with Justin Fields. These next few weeks should help solidify that decision. No question about it, Casey. That is a decision they opted to, uh, you know, keep fields last year and here they are sort of in the same boat they were last year um with an option to punt on fields and pick a guy or see if he pans out and right now the jury's still out i know but it's It's like good in spurts you know yeah if you get rid of him you don't worry about the second contract coming up but you're starting over with a rookie or you trade that caleb williams pick and you get all those other pieces to help your squad yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do. Um, yeah, you mentioned and- the contract situation, resetting that rookie contract and extending that amount of years that you have the controlled cost before having to pay your man is part of the equation, strangely enough, and certainly enough. Yeah. All right. Moving forward, Casey, it's the Indianapolis Colts at the Cincinnati Bengals um, and the Colts on the road favored by two and a half. Dave, this is a battle of the bastards. Yeah. As in backup quarterbacks. That's some Game of Thrones for the people. Right. The porn stash used a little Minshew magic to beat the Titans in overtime last week. Not only that, dude, the Colts are on a four-game winning streak and are currently the seventh seed. Wow. Flip that over to the Bengals. Jake the Snake slithered into a little magic himself, beating the Jags in overtime on Monday Night Football. Over 225 passing yards, a touchdown, and a 95-plus passer rating in each of his starts. Maybe this guy's a little better than we thought he was. We're going to find out on Sunday. Um, the Bengals are one of three AFC teams at 6-6. Six and six, But due to the tiebreaker, they're probably going to have to run the table because they are only 2-6 and six in the AFC. 
Yeah. Dave, I declared them dead last week. So I ask you, who they? Who they think going to be a zombie? Nobody. <laughs> this is a fascinating game. The Minchie magic on one side and the way Browning played the other night really shows you the capabilities that he that he brings. If he, conti- mm-hmm. he continues to play at that level, then he can use a lot of those obviously killer weapons that the Bengals bring to the table. And can the Minshew magic continue? Yeah, and it doesn't look like, you know, Jamar Chase slowed down with Browning at all either. And Joe Mixon had his best game of the season. So they would have to run it. Maybe they can. I don't know. It's crowded there, and they're going to have to beat all those teams. But, Dave, let's get into some more AFC action here. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cleveland Browns, and those Shags, baby, are three-point favorites on the road. Yeah, and I'm talking Browns here, Casey. They have lost two straight last week, losing to the Rams 36-19. to they are two games behind the Ravens in the division, but still holding on, still holding on to a wild card spot in the sixth seed. Uh, they start their fourth quarterback of the season last week, going with the veteran Joe Flacco, who passed for 254, two touchdowns and a pick. Luckily, the Browns lead the NFL in total defense and pass defense. Unfortunately, they are tied for the lead in turnovers with 24 and as a team they are tied for third tied for third worst in the turnover martial uh differential rather at negative eight so Mm. big game between two current playoff teams maybe a battle of backup quarterbacks and all that good yeah dude just a brutal game on monday night for the jags not only did they blow a fourth quarter lead they lost the game and trevor lawrence thank goodness it's only a high ankle sprain because it looked like it could have been much worse, but nonetheless, Trev will be out indefinitely. They said he's already out of the walking boot, so that's a good sign, but I can't imagine he's going to be back um, in the next couple weeks if it is the high ankle sprain. C.J. Beathard, he's been around football his entire life and is one of the more experienced backup quarterbacks in the league. Dougie P should be able to dial up a game plan to fit C.J.'s skill set. The Jags are also going to be without Christian Kirk for at least this week and maybe more. That chorus year sounds like it could be a season ender unless they make a yeah. run into the postseason. So maybe you want to look at Parker Washington as a fantasy option replacement there. The Jags defense had been pretty solid, but got absolutely torched on the ground and through the air last week. Luckily, this Browns team is no offensive juggernaut, and maybe they're lucky this game is in Cleveland. The Jags are the NFL's only team that is undefeated on the road. So far, a perfect 5-0. and Now, while this game is not technically a must-win, the Jags' lead in the AFC South is down to just one game, bro. And they have a trip to Baltimore next week, followed by games at Tampa, hosting Carolina, and then at Tennessee. So um, you don't want to lose these games, especially to AFC teams fighting to get into the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm just looking at the uh, the depth chart here with the questionables on this team. Trevor Lawrence, CJ Beathard questionable, Ooh. ETN questionable, er- Dearness Johnson questionable. You mentioned Kirk and Zay Jones also questionable. I mean, these Dude. they are suddenly <laughs> very banged up on that side uh, of the football. Um Wow. Uh, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I hope a lot of those guys can get back out there. Uh, they are a fun team to watch. And, uh, you know, this will be a better game with th- those guys on the football field. Dude, going into this week, they're fighting for a top seed in the AFC with how the chain of events went down. They could be a wild card by the end, you know, in four weeks, man. Yeah. Still, 
there's going to be a lot of there are no guarantees at this point. No, uh-uh, not at all. Well, I can guarantee you one of these teams, Dave, is not going to be in the playoffs. And we're talking yeah, Carolina yeah. Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints are five and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, the one in 11 Panthers have struggled mightily all season. And firing uh, head coach Frank Reich didn't give them the boost, boost that they were hoping for. Top draft pick QB. Bryce Rice, uh, Bryce Rice, Bryce, <laughs> Bryce Young. Rice, he's nice. <laughs> Bryce Young played okay last week. Chuba Hubbard, uh, a season high, 104 yards and two rush TDs, but they still lost to uh, the Bucks, 21 to 18. Not much to get excited about at this point for the Panthers, as they don't even have their top draft pick, and they w- very well could earn the top top pick in the draft. They use that, of course, in the trade up for Bryce Young. The Saints, on the other hand, lost their third game, losing. Uh, third game straight, losing to the Lions 33-28. And that 5-7 and seven currently are outside of the playoffs. Third in the division and the 11th seed. But just one game back of two wildcard teams. So last, be- last week, though, Derek Carr was having a decent game, but got hurt with a concussion, among other issues, and was replaced by Jameis Winston. If they can get a clean game from Winston, and that's a lot to ask, and a good performance is, uh, from the best players on their offense, including Alvin Kamara, Olave, uh, or Olave rather, and Taysom Hill, who's also banged up at this point. Uh, they should be okay in this one. The Saints defense, which has been solid all season, uh, as long as they can contain the Panthers on the ground, they should be okay. Yeah, we shall see, but they should smoke those cats, especially if they have any hopes of yeah. getting that must title. Win, right? I That's mean, their only way honest. into the playoffs, for right. sure. All right, up next is the Houston Texans at the New York Jets, and the Texans on the road are favored by just six against this Jet squad. Yeah, dude, let me see how I can spin this thing. Robert Sala, he coached D'Amico Ryans as a player in Houston in 2006 when Sala was a defensive quality control coach. In 2017 with the Niners, Sala was the D.C., and Ryans broke into coaching as the defensive quality control coach. Now the pupil snatches the pebble from the master's hand. These teams are going in different directions. C.J. Stroud is on pace to become the first rookie quarterback to lead the NFL in passing yards since Davey O'Brien. You remember the 1939 season, Dave? Of course. One of my favorites. Yeah. (laughs) Texans have the NFL's number six total offense, number two in passing yards at over 275 a game. Total bummer that the Texans lost Tank Dell for the season. But Nico Collins, dude, coming off a nine-grab, 191 yards with a touchdown game. He's looking for his third in a row with 100 or more receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. But they might need to run in this game as the Jets are the number three-ranked pass defense. Texans are one of four, seven, and five teams fighting for a playoff spot and currently behind the Steelers, Browns, and Colts. But they have upcoming games with both the Colts and the Browns. Texans have C.J. Stroud. Did I mention the Jets? No, I think that's okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. That sounds good, Casey. <laughs> Let's move it on to the late games then. But no oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the Bob D. special, the Minnesota Vikings at the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Vikes are two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Death Roomba. <laughs> Vikings coming off their bye week uh, and are on a two-game losing streak after the 12-10 loss to the Bears on Monday Night Football a couple weeks ago. After losing Cousins for the season and trading for Dobbs, they were able to get two wins to continue their winning streak to five games. Um, but since then, uh, since being acquired, QB Josh Dobbs has seven TDs, 
four passes and three rush in four starts with Minnesota. Unfortunately, the last game for Dobbs was a disaster, tossing four picks in that one. And the Vikings are hoping Dobbs can rekindle the magic he had when he first arrived there. Another loss would likely knock them out of that sixth seed and out of the playoffs for the time being. They finished the season at Cincy, Detroit, Green Bay, and at Detroit. So it's a pretty tough stretch at this point, uh, especially if they drop this one to the Raiders. The Raiders also coming off their bye last week and are also on a two-game losing streak after losing 31-17 to to the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. In that game, Aiden O'Connell completed 23 of of 33, almost 70% for 248 and a touchdown and no picks. That was a career-high passer rating of uh, 101-plus for him. And Josh Jacobs had 125 scrimmage yards. So statistically speaking, the Raiders are near the bottom of the league on offense and on defense. The Raiders are decent versus the pack ranking 13th, but just 25th versus run. Hopefully for Raider fan, Max Crosby, who's had a sack in each of the last two games, can get after Dobbs and make some big plays in this one for the Raiders. I thought you were just going to stop when you said near the bottom of the league. And I thought that was the end of it. For when <laughs> Next you're story. About the yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'm assuming Dobbs has a short leash this week. Uh, O'Connell yep. is not going to mess around. Rookie Jaron Hall will be right back in there if they get out struggling. This is not a game that the Vikings can drop, baby. They are they too close to the mix to be messing around with the Raiders. And especially getting Jefferson back. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the timing is just perfect because he's playing against the Raiders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Up next, it's the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers in a very big uh, divisional game. Niners with a very big 12 and a half point favorite. Yeah, dude. And for good reason, they are firing on all cylinders, yep. dude. And in just a year's time, Brock Purdy's gone from Mr. Irrelevant to front runner for league MVP. And they just beat the crap out of the Eagles, who were the best team in the NFL. Mm. Purdy. 314 yards and four touchdowns, zero interceptions. That gave him a 148.8 pass rating in week 13. And he was the third quarterback ever to have four games at three plus touchdowns and 140 plus passer rating in a single season in NFL history. And he leads the NFL in uh passer rating completion percentage. Dude, this guy is balling out. Um yep. it's gonna make a lot of people reevaluate their evaluation systems of the draft. There's always one that gets through and it looks like this guy. (laughs) It helps to have that sicko Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. He's leading the NFL in scrimmage touchdowns with 17 and rushing yards. He's second in scrimmage yards at over 1,400. And he's averaging, dude, 172 scrimmage yards a game. He is a freak. Not only did they beat the crap out of the Eagles, it's how they did it, dude. Total physical domination and what's even scarier is how balanced this team is top three in scoring offense at 29.3 a game that's good enough for third scoring defense second at under 16 points a game as well as fifth in total yards allowed under 300 and third in total offense so both sides of the ball there's no deficiency there and this defense 36 sacks and 21 takeaways this is the best team in the NFL. Does that mean they'll win the Super Bowl? I sure hope the hell not. Still to be determined, but this team has it all, dude. Yeah. I'd like to give um, Shanahan credit for finding the the gem in quarterback Purdy. 
but it's the same dude who traded three number one picks up, right? To pick a yeah. different dude. It was Greasy that found that guy. <laughs> Anyways. That's right. And yeah. And who did who did they beat last week though, Casey? I didn't Oh yeah, it was the Eagles. I think okay. it was 42 to 19 here. Okay. Just wanted to clarify that. I was sure if I heard that right. Okay. Up next, I'm gonna talk about the Seahawks, Casey. And this is a big game, obviously. It's a rematch of a game from a couple weeks ago, just a couple weeks ago, Thanksgiving evening, dominated by the 49ers 31 to 13. The Seahawks have dropped three straight. They're feeling less uh, confident, obviously. They lost to the Rams, 49ers, and then obviously a big shootout loss, 41 to 35 to the Cowboys. And at six and six, they're three games back of the Niners in the West and have dropped out of the playoffs. And at the nine seed, losing a four team tiebreaker currently. So, needless to say, this is a big game. Last week, Seahawks. Offense was unstoppable in a lot of ways. The offense never punted, but the defense could not get the stops they needed to get that W against your Cowboys. Smith passed for 334, four touchdowns, uh, one rushing, and he had just one pick. And, uh, you know, they're likely to be limited, though, at running back. Both Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet questionable for the game. So that's a big, big setback there. And that means more is going to fall on the quarterback and the wide receivers, Metcalf, Lockett, and Smith and Jigba. Last week, Metcalf did have six catches for 134 yards and three receiving touchdowns. Helped me in one fantasy lead, killed me in the other. <laughs> As such is the life of a fantasy uh, uh, nut. Anyways, Smith and Jigba had um, a career-high seven catches in that game, too. So they're getting good productivity there. Overall, the offense has struggled, though, to run the football, ranking just 27th. And not having their running backs is not going to help that at all. It's under uh, 94 rushing yards a game. Uh, that'll be more of an issue, obviously, this week than ever. Um, but but their below-average uh, Seattle defense will have their hands full, trying to slow down a very good 49ers offense, especially versus the run. Uh, as a team, they're going to need to find a way to reduce penalties too. I mean, you can agree last week Ugh. watching that game was, is awful. Way too many penalties last week. The Seahawks need this win so badly. And the 49ers are not a great uh, opponent for a desperate team. No. And the Seahawks have the Eagles next week. So they're in the thick of a gnarly part of their schedule. Brutal. They could see themselves falling out of the nest and right out of the playoffs. Yep. Let's hope oh, not. Oh, baby. Got a sweet game coming up. The Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. And these Chiefs are three-point favorites at home. Yeah, and this is going to be a good one. Hopefully the good Bills show up, the mistake-free Bills. The Bills are coming off their bye, so they're well-rested. But before that, it was a 37-34 loss in Philadelphia to the Eagles. That was a great football game. Mm -hmm. As we know, came down to the wire. But with their 6-6 six and six record, and the 11 seed, the Bills are wow. a big disappointment. In their last game, Josh Allen was fantastic, totaling 420 yards, right? 81 of them rush yards, four touchdowns, two through the air and two on the ground. Stephon Diggs, six catches for 74. Gabe Davis had a season high, uh, 105 yards and a touchdown. And Cook even had 100-plus scrimmage yards in the last three straight games. So they're getting productivity wow. on the ground. That's the longest streak of his career, and he has he's over a thousand uh, scrimmage yards on the season. So he's been very productive back there for him. But Buffalo is six in yards, fifth in points, and in passing, and tenth in rushing, and they're the best third down team in the league. Those are the good things, right? On defense, they're also pretty solid. Thirteenth in yards, 
fifth in points and eighth versus the pass, just 20th versus run. So the Bills really need to get uh, a win here against a really good Chiefs team. Uh, the remainder of the schedule is very tough. Up next, Dallas at the Chargers and then New England, and they finish up with Miami. So arguably a, a couple of toughies in there for sure. If they drop this one, they'll have very little margin for error. Uh, and um, it will be very disappointing to watch this. Excellent. I just read those statistics. You would think this team would have eight wins, 10 wins, whatever. But um, they, they look like they're going to be on the couch watching the playoffs just like I am. So disappointing, dude. Such high expectations for this team. And they're good enough to do it. It's just been in the details. It's really cost them that stupid Denver game when they had 12 people on the field for the, oh. the field goal. That, that one sickens yeah, me. That's given away. But I'm here to talk about these Chiefs, Dave. Yeah. Not counting the one play drive before halftime, the Packers limited these Chiefs to just seven drives the entire game. Talk wow. about how do you beat the Chiefs? You keep Mahomes on the sideline. And that's exactly. exactly what the Packers did, throwing them going two for four in the red zone, and you get a 27 19 loss. But it's not the end of the world for these Chiefs. They don't call Isaiah Pacheco the Tasmanian Devil for nothing. Dude had 110 rushing yards on just 18 carries last week. And on 10 of those carries, or 56%, he picked up at least five yards. Dude also averaged over four yards after contact. All right? This guy <laughs> runs with a lot of anger. And it's yeah. apparent every time. I love the Very way he physical. plays. Back-to-back -back games with at least eight grabs for Rashi Rice, but only 64 yards last week and no touchdowns. Got to get that big play as a part of this offense again. He is getting more opportunity. He uh, was on the field for almost 70% of the plays last week. You see that uh, rising up every week, but they need to cash in on those opportunities. And it's shocking to hear myself say this, but number 15 has to play better. In Kansas City's three losses, Mahomes has four interceptions and just three touchdowns. Hmm. That doesn't sound Mahomes-esque at all. And overall, these Chiefs are minus six in the turnover ratio, and those turnovers have come at very costly times. Two red zone turnovers versus the Eagles, and they lose that game. They are not good enough this year to overcome such costly mistakes. Yeah. I wouldn't quite say carrying the team, but the defense is carrying this team. Number four yeah. in total D. Number three in scoring defense, it's helped keeping these games close as the Chiefs are struggling to score points. The Chiefs struggling to score under 23 points a game. The good news, Mahomes 16-3 and three after a loss, and he hasn't lost back-to-back -back games since 2021. But as you mentioned earlier, dude, this is a desperate Bills team in a must-win game for them. It's actually a must-win for Kansas City, too. They're the three seed right now. Ah. And yeah, right, and it's going to be a chaotic four weeks in the AFC playoff race, and it will be a very unfamiliar path if the Chiefs end up as that third or fourth seed, get one game at home, and then do the rest on the road. Wow, that would be interesting indeed. Mm -hmm. No question about it. Big game indeed. Must see, Casey. Um, Up next, it is the Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers are at home and favored by three in this one yeah the broncos were one of the hottest teams in the nfl they had won five in a row yep. but it was a dangerous red zone interception that thwarted the broncos comeback bid last week i know it you probably saddened you a little bit to see that game <laughs> end like that right <laughs> he just flinged it out there for for anyone 
brutal. A slow start did not help. The Broncos punted on their first four possessions and were down 13-0 before they got anything going. Not only that, Broncos 0 for 11 on third down and lost the turnover battle 3 to nothing. During the five-game win streak, Russ, zero interceptions. Last Sunday, three of those bad boys. If Russ is going to cook, interceptions cannot be part of the recipe. <laughs> Javante and Samanje have been a pretty good one-two punch at running back. And Cortland Sutton, a career-high nine receiving touchdowns with at least one TD in all five road games this season. But Russ has been sacked 36 times this year, and that may be a problem on Sunday, which I'm sure you're going to get to that pass rush of the Chargers. Defensively, the Broncos have kind of turned it around. They haven't given up more than 22 points in a game since October 8th to the Jets. What? Crazy. <laughs> What's going on? Strong <laughs> linebacker core with Singleton and Jewel, and they lead the league with 22 takeaways. But they can be run on. And actually, the worst run defense in the league. Can the Chargers take advantage of that matchup? It is going to be key. We shall see because the Chargers have struggled with that, Casey. But the Chargers did snap a three-game losing streak last week, beating the Patriots in the downpour in New England by a thrilling score of six to nothing. At five and seven, they likely need to run the table to have a chance to make the playoffs. And this is the first of two games against the, the Denver Broncos. They'll meet again in week 17. The Broncos are just a game in front of the Chargers, so this is really a game the Chargers have to win. And if they do, they'll be in second place in the division. But more importantly, because that's not really that important, <laughs> more importantly, they'll be just two games back of all three wildcard teams and plenty of football left to play, just two back with five games left. Okay, so let, let's say uh, right now, yes, they are the 12 seed. And so a win would be absolutely enormous. Chargers offense has been decent despite losing two of their best three wide receivers and their center, but they have failed to establish a run game all season. Hence a bad, uh, not necessarily a great matchup since they can't necessarily take advantage of the Broncos weakness there. On defense, the Chargers have given up a ton of yards, last in yards given up and second to last in the past. But they are decent at stopping the run, and actually, they're 19th in points given up on the season at just 21.5. So despite all the yards they've given up, the most important stat actually is points, yep. and they are 19th in that category. And they are third best on third down, which seems surprising being a Charger fan, how many times we give up a first down on third down due to penalty. Yeah, that doesn't seem like it <laughs> jives with my brain as much right. Charger football as we've watched. Yeah, their third best defense on third down. Last week, they pitched a shutout in New England. It's New England, yes, but a shutout does count for something. Yeah. Uh, they're feeling like they've played a couple of good defensive uh, games in a row, even though they lim it was a loss against the Ravens. They did limit the Ravens' high-powered offense to just 20. Still remaining on the Chargers schedule, Las Vegas, Buffalo, at Denver, and and finish the season with Kansas city. Let's hope that last couple of games there, Denver at Denver, and then hosting Kansas city is a big one uh, that had to have some meaning at that, at that point, hopefully. Yeah. At least for the chargers, man, hopefully the chiefs got their stuff done. And although maybe you're afraid for the division, anything can happen. It's a crazy season. <laughs> All right, Dave, it is time. The big boy coming up is the Philadelphia Eagles at my Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are three and a half point favorites against the best team to ever be in the NFL. 
Wow. Surprising, uh, Casey. The Cowboys are at home, but on a neutral field, I guess they'd be favored by half a point at this point. This is a rematch of a game at Philly, won by the Eagles 28-3. to uh, That was in week nine. Uh, the Eagles had won five straight, having beaten Dallas, Kansas City, and Buffalo in consecutive games until dropping last week's games to the 49ers in decisive fashion, as you mentioned previously, 42 to 19. Casey, their record drops to 10 and 2. Uh, still the best record in the league, uh, but their lead for the top seed is now uh, lessened, and the buy is. Uh, is now it's just they're just one game ahead of San Francisco, Detroit, and Dallas. So uh, correct me if I'm mis- mistaken, Casey, but a loss to Dallas here would put the Cowboys in first place due to their divisional record, um, and they would win that tiebreaker four to one versus three to one. But Philly does have a better conference record, mm-hmm. six to one to That's six to three. So bigger picture when yeah. we look at this, that makes this an absolutely enormous game for both teams' playoff hopes and certainly divisional um, hopes. Uh, so the, the Eagles would conceivably still be in control of their playoff destiny, even with a loss in this, if they could still win the rest of their NFC games. The Philadelphia win low likely wins the NFC East for them and keeps them in control of the top seed and the bye. Back to last week's loss to the 49ers. The Eagles dominated the game early, but were unable to score TDs, settling for just two field goals and a 6 nothing lead at the end of the first quarter. Well, the rest of the game, the 49ers dominated uh, two touchdowns in each quarter. And Jalen Hurts, he was phenomenal, really. Two touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. A.J. Brown, eight catches, 114 yards. Devontae Smith, a season-high nine catches, 96 yards in his sixth touchdown on the season. Um, and in the week's uh, nine game versus Dallas, it was a very good football game. Hertz had three TDs, one on the ground, and zero picks for a 130 passer rating. Mm. A.J. Brown had 103 yards. Devontae Smith scored a touchdown in each of the last three games versus Dallas. So he uh, finds his mojo there. Overall, the Philadelphia Eagles offense has been great. Eighth in yards, fourth in points at over 27 a game. 13th in passing, eighth in rushing. Number three on third downs, they've dropped there a little bit. And uh, the Eagles defense, pretty solid too. 22nd in yards, fourth versus the run, but just 29th versus the pass. Interesting heading into this particular matchup, Mm -hmm. right? And last in the league, last in the league on third down defensively. And tied for 24th in points given up at over 24 points a game. The Eagles defense is 13th in the league with 34 sacks. So there are some weak spots on that defense. The Mm -hmm. offense really consistent and balanced, but that defense may be, uh, may be able to pass on those guys. Yeah. And Dak did a great job last time. The problem is even winning this game, one of these teams plays at Buffalo at Miami host Detroit and then at Washington and the other one at Seattle host, the giants, Arizona, and then at the giants. So one, (laughs) Uh, I want to be the latter. Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, man. We mentioned earlier surprise surgery um, on Big Mike. He had a tummy ache, thought it was a bad batch of Whataburger, but it was that appendicitis. But they're (laughs) stitching him up probably right now as we speak. And he's a Pittsburgh dude, so he's tough as nails. He'll be on the sidelines. Maybe if it was the Giants, he takes the game off. But this is Philly. He will be there. Book it, baby. These boys have won four in a row since losing to the Eagles. And in that game, Dak had 374 yards and three touchdowns. But we're just inches away from winning a game they felt like they should have won. 
the uh, the touchdown that almost went to Schoonmaker, Dak on the two point uh, conversion. We were literally talking inches in both of those. Yeah. Eagles had three fumbles and they recovered all of them. So I don't know that the breaks go all their way in this one. Let's sure hope not. But since that game, Dak Prescott has been playing some of the best football of his career since then. 102 for of 146. That's 70 percent. 1,223 yards, 13 touchdowns, and just one interception. He can't read defenses. He's interception prone. All these things that the garbage that they were spewing last year. Dak leads the NFL with 26 TD passes, second with a 108.3 passer rating. And I'm not going to say he is the best receiver in the NFL, but I'm not going to say he's not. C.D. Lamb absolutely in fuego, baby. 90 grabs 1,182 yards, seven touchdowns. Brandon Cooks, Jake Ferguson also heating up too. And this line has gotten healthier. And Tony Pollard has looked better since that's happened. Um, He, in his last four games, he's up to 4.4 per carry and he has four rushing touchdowns. Defensively, we were the 85 Bears, the early 2000 Ravens. Well, last week, they gave up the second highest point total of the season, 35 points to those fighting Genos. But when the money was <laughs> on the line in the fourth quarter, the boys got a huge interception yeah. and two turnover on downs to seal that game. So they still got it done. And overall, still just giving up 18 points a game, 38 sacks, 18 turnovers. I think these guys were just a little exhausted after three games in 12 days. Yeah. Now they're coming off 10 days rest for this one. So I expect high energy and better discipline. And even though I don't think the boys will catch the Eagles, they need to win this game just to prove they can beat the Eagles. Place those little seeds of doubt or chew them up and spit them down the throats. Feed those Eagles like a bird. <laughs> beat that ass. And even though it was a grimy win versus the Seahawks, they still need a game to be a tough guy and win a tough guy game. You know, the perception yeah. is the Cowboys can be out physical. They're more finesse. They need to just go out there and punch somebody in the damn mouth. They have an opportunity to do that on Sunday. Let's see if they get that job done. <laughs> Ross Tucker's comment uh, was the Cowboys are the best at beating up on the bad teams. Here's a chance to show. And Absolutely. he was joking. He was actually yeah. joking and he got outrage in the Twitter worlds. Um, Twitter. I'm tweeting right now, Dave. Ross Tucker, I hate you. <laughs> Ross, what are you talking about, Ross? <laughs> you don't know anything. <laughs> Ross has got uh, a good sense of humor. He sends it out there, and the people just go spaz. All right, Casey, when they gave us this doubleheader Monday night football game, we were like, what? First of all, I've got two, D's, two TVs. Well, I've got seven TVs, but I'll have two TVs dedicated, one for each game here. I don't have to do the split screen thing. And now when we look at these games, we're thinking to ourselves, is there going to be enough action for me to be entertained with the football games? They thought if they gave us two crappy games, that would make (laughs) one good game. I don't know what the schedule makers were thinking, Casey, but here we are and let's get it going on. What do we got first? We have the Tennessee Titans at the Miami Dolphins, and the Dolphins are 13-point favorites. Okay. In the so, net. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big spread there, but I guess justifiably so. The Titans' disappointing season continued last week with an overtime loss to the Colts, 31-28, to and at 4-8, and eight, and tied for the 14th seed in the AFC. The playoffs uh, this season are a lot farther away than the top draft pick is, and getting some valuable experience 
for uh, Will Levis at this point and other young players has to be top priority uh, prop, top priority for these guys. Levis passed for 224 and a touchdown. Uh, Derrick Henry had a nice game last week in that near victory uh, with 100-plus yards and two TDs. Tyje Spears, the young guy, a career-high 88 scrimmage yards, so nice game from him. And DeAndre Hopkins still producing five catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown for him. Dolphins on uh, have won their third in a row now, destroying the Commanders 45-15, to 15, bringing their record to 9-3, and three, a three-game lead over the Bills in the AFC wow. East. And the number one seed, uh, Mike McDaniel's not impressed. Let him know when it's a 13 game season is what his comment was with that. And he'll, and then he'll, he'll celebrate something. Dolphins though, do have something to celebrate. They've got the best offense in the NFL. They lead in total offense at almost 430 yards a game. And guess what? They rank second. Now they've leaded led all year in scoring They're 32 points a game. I wonder who could have possibly passed him. Casey. How about them Cowboys? On cue. Uh, and then how about Tua? He completed 18 of 24. That's 75%, two touchdowns and no picks in last week's game. Tyreek Hill, five catches, 157 and two TDs. Mostert rushed for a touchdown, and he leads the NFL with 14 rushing TDs. And Devont A-Chain back had 103 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns last week. So the offense is just humming right here. Um, This looks like what lines up to be an easy win, and the point spread would suggest that. So hopefully we'll get a great football game. Yeah, it's always the jinx there, you know. <laughs> and the Titans, even with Levis or that team, when they have no business winning a game, they look great somehow. I'm not saying that's going to happen on Monday, but we've seen that a lot of times. It's, it's just a weird um, Rabel team. So hopefully we get that. Hopefully we get a feisty game out of the out of the Titans. All right, Casey, moving on to the simultaneous other doubleheader Monday night football games, the Green Bay Packers at the New York Giants and the Packers favored by six in this one. Yeah, dude, not even a full month ago, these Packers had just been whooped by the Steelers and had fallen to three and six, and Packer backers were ready to run Jordan Love right out of town. (laughs) After a three-game winning streak, the Packers are in the playoffs as the seventh seed, and it's a total love fest with their quarterback, dude. Uh 74 for 108, 69%, 857 yards and eight touchdowns in that three-game winning streak. Oh, yeah. Zero interceptions. Bad news, probably no Christian Watson after back-to-back weeks with two touchdowns each from my fantasy bench or Aaron Jones also on my fantasy bench. But the pack has some mojo going with four games versus NFC teams, including next week versus the Bucks. It is lining up for these guys. I'm starting to worry that if the Cowboys can't put it together, these jerks could come up and snatch that five seed. There is not a lot left on the schedule to worry um, these Packers. As for the Giants, words you never thought you would hear Brian Dable say this year, DeVito has earned the right to start. What? These G-men, dude. They've won back-to-back games going into their bye week. It's Monday Night Football. It's a home crowd. Big Saquon game. DeVito plays clean. I don't think that all of that happens. But maybe we get some bizarro world Monday night games and the Titans and the Giants somehow win. Yeah, I mean, no question about it. This one looks like a clear advantage for the pack, but the Giants have put together some good football of late. Tommy DeVito playing hard, right? Yeah, he used to work on the docks when the Unions were on strike. Now he's playing for the Giants, baby. (laughs) Oh, man, this is going to be a good weekend football, isn't it, Casey? 
Oh, yeah, you got that right. As long as my Cowboys beat those stupid Eagles, that's all I need. All and right. Fantasy we... win. Oh, a fantasy win. Oh, that's important. The playoffs on the line, right? Playoffs. <laughs> All right. So many ways to check out the football dudes. Trend Zone now available for subscription. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go search for the football dudes. You will find us. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Football Dudes LA, and make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Or just go to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That's going to do it for this episode of the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Casey, I'm Dave, and we are out of here.